Hello everyone, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 13 of Differential Diagnosis, a HouseMD podcast, where we're going to be taking a look at the exact same episode number and season <laughs> called Skin Deep. My name's Harvey. As usual, I'm one of your differential diagnosers, and with me is Gaz, the other differential diagnoser. I'm a differential diagnostician, Harvey, but yes, good to be here. <laughs> well, um, uh, I just want to... Um, in- Get get in a quick apology for my audio quality because I am moving house at the moment, so I can't do the usual setup. So if I'm echoey, or you can hear my neighbour just screaming, which uh, may play a part in why we're moving, <laughs> then uh, that's the reason. So sorry about that, but hopefully we'll get through that this episode. So um, so Gaz, yeah, what are you? Uh, I I I feel like this is a a pretty pretty strange episode. Not not just because of the content, but because of the fact that it seems to like it's a bit of a theme that runs through house. It's like a subject that they keep going back to. Um in regards to like child consent. <laughs> <laughs> I find it I it's you know, I I wouldn't I wouldn't have you know, I wouldn't have noticed it if it had been like an episode or two. But I swear this is like the third episode where they sort of I'm not sure if they're trying to raise the question of, ooh, can children consent younger? Or whether or not that's kind of like an existential thing of, oh, maybe we should take children more seriously. Or if just David Shaw really doesn't like the 16 age limit. (laughs) Um, I'm going to plead the fifth on this one um, because it is a weird theme uh, throughout. It's a weird, uh, then again, it's kind of a very, it it mixes the taboo with the kind of real urgency of life or death. Um, So it feels justified to apply that kind of theme or narrative or subject matter to a medical situation. Like if you have to say, have you slept with X um, and you know, if you don't tell us that they're going to die, then yeah, it would definitely fit into that rubric. It makes it easier to do that. I don't know what David Shaw was thinking, but yeah, it is a recurrent like point. Yeah. So it, um, just to just to lay out that element of the episode um, before we get started uh, in this, the main character who is 15, but being played by a 27 year old is... Um, is uh, it it turns out during it that they have slept with their father uh, for reasons that we'll go into. But um, I only bring it up because it is, it's a continuing thing. So there's the episode um, Kids featuring somebody, uh, a diver uh, during a meningitis outbreak in Princeton Plainsboro, which is back in season one. And in that, it turns out that the reason that she's uh, ill is that she has uh, I think she's pregnant, which is her pregnancy is making her sick. And that's because she slept with someone who was older than her. And there is a sort of long dialogue between the patient and someone else about, you know, how it was okay and that they knew what they were doing. And then in the episode... Um, it's called Autopsy, Harvey. Autopsy. Autopsy. That's the one. So um, in that one, a girl with cancer... Uh, coaxes uh, Chase to give her a little kiss 
in what can be described as probably one of the weirdest House MD scenes <laughs> that we've ever seen. And is, you know, a, a standout chase moment in his wacky adventures in the hospital. But, um, but yeah, once again, like there's a sort of discussion in the team of, oh, does she know what she's really asking for? And um, while I agree with you, there's like, there's an element, there's an interesting theme of sort of, you know, death makes you grow up quickly, which is, um, which is an interesting idea. It's just that it's, it, they, they come back to it so often. <laughs> and I don't know if it's just the easiest way for them to explore it, or it's just, just a thing. I just find it intriguing. But I thought anybody else who's sort of following along might also have noticed that sort of recurring uh, concept which we can go happily into more detail on. I just find it very interesting. Yeah, I guess so. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just one of those kind of recurring uh, kind of subject matters that come up in house. I mean, it's also an episode where um, has another recurring uh, subject matter, which is uh, rock does does pain uh, compromise your objectivity? Um, and does pain exhibit weakness in one's ability to function properly, especially within a team dynamic? Um, hmm. And also kind of the pride of a leadership role or the need to assert leadership if you're in pain is difficult. So I'm intrigued to that. That's another thing that's recurred, which is interesting. Oh yeah, completely. I think this is um yeah, I guess I guess looking at it as, you know, if you <laughs> if you include the underage consent discussion which House seems to love having, but throw in all of the the pain elements of that House is in pain, does pain improve or lessen objectivity? Does it in, improve his sort of, you know, does does the misery of being in pain improve your ability to focus? And, you know, from where does that pain derive from is, uh, yeah, it's definitely a recurring theme. This is kind of like sort of like the House MD buffet, this episode. It's got all the sort of big themes that they love to talk about. Um, I, I, I think interestingly, I don't think this episode is, this episode's like fairly memorable. I don't think it's one of the best ones, but it's um, interestingly watch it again. I did notice as you did, that there were a lot of the the big ideas coming back. Yeah, I mean, it, a lot. It's tried to deal with the fallout of Stacy leaving, although it's kind of been on the back burner a little bit as well. Where um, there's not really been much of Stacy in this, and then all of a sudden it's like back with a bang. It's like if I was to say like a very highfalutin way of putting this. It's like the eternal return. It's the eternal recurrence. You know, things are just coming back round again. Like pain. Stacy. Mm. Weird taboo subjects. It's just coming <laughs> back round. Well, I guess, um, yeah, this is, I mean, interestingly, this is still, I would count this as part of the Stacy arc. And it's interesting that so much of the Stacy arc doesn't include mm. Stacy. I mean, as I, I, I think in, in that way, and I think most people who appreciate House would agree, one of the reasons why House is such a good show is that it's it's not really focused on what the like 
character is doing because the character is, you know, so often lying to himself and others. It's more of sort of like, you know, most of the drama happens within House's head and how he just, you know, how he rationalizes or how he accepts or how he denies things. It's not really important what happens to House. It's kind of important about how he then feels about them. And most of the drama in the continuing arc of House is that he fails <laughs> so often to accept the things in his life and fails to sort of find meaning or happiness from so many things. So it's, um, so yeah, I mean, that's the interesting thing about the Stacey arc. It's sort of continuing, but we're not really talking about Stacey anymore. It's just House is in pain and he's denying that he misses Stacey. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's because I feel I've, that's been going on for a few episodes now, and I really I think we should do a full breakdown of the Stacy sort of character arc because it doesn't really it doesn't have an explosive ending like so many shows would have done. It sort of just fizzles out because of you know sort of House's you know lack of desire to commit to actually being happy, or possibly you could argue House actually being realistic although um house house often enjoys being miserable <laughs> and will rationalize it as being realistic uh cynicism you know hidden as realism i guess you could say but he um but yeah it would be it would be interesting to do a full breakdown of the of the stacy character arc because we're still in the stacy storyline but stacy's been nowhere to be seen for ages and it's mostly just house being miserable and saying i don't miss stacy <laughs> yeah that is true and it's all these kind of like fumbled attempts from his peers and uh subordinates to try and analyze him again and it's always kind of this really clumsy like hack pop psychology attempts to like really like get into his mind get into his brain and um hmm. well, especially from the subordinates i think with um Wilson, it's obviously a bit different because he's, in a way, the kind of foil. And he's the foil and his closest companion and uh, the only person he can really communicate with in a approximately, you know, something approximating earnestness. So, mm. um, I don't know. It's very, It's very, very interesting to kind of dissect that um that that element i just feel like you see it with like um you see it with the underlings in particular you know with uh foreman um he's always like you're in pain you can't really do your job and it's like because you're searching in pain it's like it doesn't really get down to the root cause or, oh, it's just because <laughs> Stacey's left you, you're upset. So, well, it's a little bit more complicated than that. <laughs> yeah, like people break up all the time and people don't become sort of cripplingly depressed drug addicts. <laughs> yeah, and Cameron's kind of the same, I guess. You just say, oh, you know, just trying to prod. And, and instead of like trying to apply a salve to the problems that he has it's mainly just prodding the wound it's like and he has to just like brush it off and say you just don't know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> um well i i guess um 
I guess uh, we've kept the people waiting long enough. Let's let's get into the episode. So, do you want to give us the uh, the uh, House Wiki verified official synopsis? It would be my pleasure. Um, it is really short. <laughs> Actually, it's basically two sentences. Um, this time round, great. It also has a zebra factor of 10 out of 10, which means no one really saw this coming. It's so absurd. (laughs) Um, So, here we go. Skin Deep is a second season episode of House, which first aired on February 20th, 2006. A model with a heroin addiction collapses on the catwalk. Meanwhile, House's leg pain worsens because he misses Stacy. Now, that last... No, three sentences, sorry. <laughs> that last sentence is just so stupid. It, it completely misses the point of the episode. Whoever wrote this, what are they doing? <laughs> it, it's a little bit of conjecture. House's leg like pain worsens because he misses Stacy. It's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Were you from watching the show? I mean, in a way, it's sort of... I, I, I mean, maybe you're, maybe you're annoyed because we're analysing like it's complex. <laughs> And the synopsis writer has really boiled it down. He's like, this show is about nothing. It's just a man being miserable. And there's no complexity. A show about there. nothing. So you're basically saying it's Seinfeld in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Well, you, you have compared Foreman to George Costanza <laughs> at one point. Um, yeah, I did. I'm, uh, you know, put my hands up. I did that. Well, so we've got an episode that's got a zebra factor of 10 out of 10. For anyone who doesn't know, that just means that the disease is very rare. And then we've got a little bit of incest, a little bit of underage sex, a little bit of house creeping on a teenage girl. heroin, volume. Heroin, drug addiction, and just generally everyone being miserable. Sounds like a, a great episode of House to talk about. So without any further ado, let's get into season two, episode 13, Skin Deep. So we open this episode about a model, um, fittingly on the catwalk. We've got a 15-year-old model. I forget the actress's name, but I recognize her from many things. And um, yeah, the idea is, I I guess she's considered some sort of like model prodigy, (laughs) if you could have such a thing, which I guess means that people just find her very attractive. Mm. And so we kind of establish pretty much straight away that she's, She's got a very business-like relationship with her father and her father immediately like gives her some Valium and a glass of champagne in order to relax her, which kind of, you know, which, which, which makes people, normal people who aren't in the entertainment industry, take note and go, that is a very strange thing to do to your child. So, um, so yeah, and I mean, as she comes out onto the catwalk, she suddenly goes into a blind rage and punches out one of the other models and then collapses, perfectly setting up a, an intriguing episode. Yeah, it's very intriguing. I mean, it's a really interesting setup when she just lamps someone. Nothing wrong with me. <laughs> yeah, I think this is one of the nice episodes in season two that also doesn't start out 
uh, with any kind of um, any kind of like red herrings about who's going to be ill. Hmm. You know, she's she's acting strange before she even gets on to the catwalk. She's strangely nervous, even though this is her job that she's been doing for years. And uh, her dad immediately gives her a mix of Valium and alcohol. And then she gets out on the catwalk and knocks someone out within about two minutes. It's not like one of the other models is going, oh, I feel a bit <laughs> ill <laughs> in the background. Like, um, So, yeah, I, I, I kind of appreciate that this kind of episode really kind of just gets mm. straight into it. It is very dramatic, especially with the um, kind of the zoom out as she's on the catwalk kind of collapsed. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting way to open it. But I was just looking at that scene where he's just like holding a glass of champagne. So, yeah, I'll give you some Valium. No problem. My lovely daughter is 15. Um, just very kind of, he also looks a bit kind of like... A bit like a mob boss, a little bit. Looks like a kind of slimmer version of uh, Tony Soprano to me. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if. Um, not that I'm trying to say mob boss is a sleazy, but the the father character is. I I I don't know if it's just the very nature of his job, but the father character is <clears throat> certainly set up. I feel when watching him to be seem quite untrustworthy. Or quite sleazy in a way, which um, which which inevitably mm. he is, as we find out. Like he um, he uh, as it turns out, he later admits that his daughter and him mm. have had sex, which has gone into further with the whole, you know, sort of. I guess the question of consent thing, because it seems to indicate that the daughter initiated mm. it as a way to um basically get power over him or gain influence over him. Like if she slept with him, she says that she now has some sort of like sexual control over him, which means that she can basically do whatever she wants. Mm. But yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like that character straight from the get go, like there's, there's kind of, they don't even play with the idea of like, he seems a bit sleazy, but it turns out that he's actually a great guy. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> if you see what I mean, it's pretty much like, Oh, he seems a bit off. And then it's like, Oh, he is off. <laughs> Like later on, it's um, uh, I I think that's the thing about the show. It's outside of the medical drama. It's it is very much everything kind of turns out to be how you think it's mm. going to be, which is possibly why I don't sort of remember this as a particularly like mesmerizing episode because it is on the face of it the drama is a bit flat in the sense that things kind of go how you might mm. predict they are. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that is pretty, that is pretty weird because you'd think something like incest would be quite a dramatic moment to kind of use because A, it's, it's massive, you know, there's abuse involved in that. And then it just gets all kind of swept under like, oh, the child services are on their way. I'm like, okay. Um, yeah, I just don't know, man. It's just really hard to compute that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, I mean, it's it's. I mean, the child services turn up because, uh, um, yeah. So, so going into a bit more of the of the, of the patient story, then let's get stuck straight in. So, um, they initially believe it to be. Um, uh, they they hear about the Valium element that she's been given Valium before. 
Um, House is suspicious. He thinks that it's obviously drug-related, but he doesn't think that that's enough, so he orders a mm. tox screen. It turns out that she is... She has heroin in her body and has had enough heroin that she is a heroin addict. So they do a sort of detox where they put her in a coma and um, detox her that way. Because obviously being <laughs> having a having a heroin detox is very painful and very dangerous. So by sort of making her unconscious and putting her in a coma, they don't really have to worry about the patients being uncomfortable which um, is obviously dangerous because they try and flush out the drugs quicker, which causes her heart to stop. So she um, goes without oxygen. I think it's for about 30 seconds. Anyway, so um, House, uh, when she wakes up, she has short-term memory loss. And everyone assumes that it's because of the sort of lack of oxygen. But House makes the case that 30 seconds isn't long enough for a brain to actually be damaged. So he starts believing that it's post-traumatic stress disorder. And um, then he confronts the father because he believes it's sexual abuse. This is kind of one of those house moments where, you know, usually house is quite house is quite sort of <laughs> rational. And when he jumps to conclusions in this, it it's kind of a bit insane that he like just assumes it's sexual abuse. Obviously, then in a classic style, it turns out that it is abuse because that's sort of an ongoing joke, I think, in House, is that House sees the world in a terrible way. Everyone goes, oh, no, House, that can't be that way. <laughs> and then it turns out that he was right all along. But um, so the father, you know, admits, as long as he's got confidentiality, that he did have sex with his daughter. And so obviously Cameron finds out about this and then goes against the confidentiality promise because, you know, Dr. Confidentiality doesn't, matter if there's abuse and then the child protection services turn up so there's all these like sort of twists where you feel like drama is gonna occur but then the child protective services turn up and then the daughter and the father just deny it and then they just leave and i think in classic david shaw <laughs> sort of writing they get annoyed at cameron for calling in an abuse case because they're like, don't waste child protective services time. Like, as if they've never heard of the concept that a child might deny that they've been abused. You know, because obviously people who have been abused are so upfront about it. It's um, it's it's kind of like, I, d I don't know, it never feels like kind of a a twisty sort of dramatic episode. It, it, it very much, things are set up and then they kind of just go away. <laughs> Because everyone's kind of cool with it. Like, obviously, the daughter has slept with the father as a power play. The father, like, just wants to manage his daughter's career. And he's kind of sort of in denial that the sex was even a big deal. And then, obviously, Child Protective Services just sort of take everyone's word for it and just leave. And everyone's kind of annoyed that House tried to keep it a secret. But, like, no one does anything. It's not like, you know, Cuddy finds out that... House tried to keep the abuse secret and she doesn't go, holy shit, that's terrible that you tried to keep a fucking, you know, <laughs> child abuse case a secret. You're fired. She sort of just goes, oh, you house. What are you like? It doesn't really change much, even though actually the stakes are quite high. It's quite a, you know, I think in any other show, they really would have made that seem a lot more dramatic. Whereas maybe it's a testament to the house writing or maybe it's like a bit of a laziness on their part, but they don't really seem to play with it much. It feels very deflated. Yeah. 
Maybe that's possibly my problem with the episode. It's like a grotesque sense. cynicism in, in at play here. It's like, okay, whatever. Great. Way of the world, I guess. So <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? It's like sexual abuse. Oh my god, it just it it just takes all the it takes all the weight out of the moral the actually moral weighty issue. Like drug abuse, drug drug addiction, incest, sexual abuse. And they all kind of just get brushed away in this like small monologue of empowerment. It's like what? <laughs> what are you and it just feels like I, I get what they're trying to do here. They're like kind of trying to push the envelope, be a little bit avant-garde, little, and you know, get us to focus about the real issue, which is about pain. It's about identity. It's about um, uh, what you need to do to get things done. Actually, I would have liked it to have been a bit more retributive, like some sort of retribution for kind of a transgressions that have taken place or but it just feels like there's like a moral indifference at the heart of the episode yeah which maybe is kind of a mockery of i mean maybe the sort of house writers have a mockery like a sort of very low (laughs) sort of a very low opinion of the modeling career or the modeling industry Mm. in general maybe it's kind of a commentary of all of these really horrible things are happening in the industry, but it doesn't really matter because everyone's like just kind of out for themselves. (laughs) And even in a way like the children are corrupted. So like, you know, usually this would be a horrific thing. Like, Oh my God, a Mm. child, a child can't possibly consent to these things, but the modeling industry is so corrupt that it's even making the children sort of not children. It just takes their innocence maybe that's the moral indifference of it but i mean once again we're not after i mean house episodes should never be fables we're not after that but it's like it it, it's not so much that it's not having it's not so much that it's not teaching a moral it's just it kind of doesn't really go anywhere with it which i mean maybe is the point which is i mean is like peak house cynicism i mean house the show cynicism (laughs) Like if it's just going to go down that road, but um, but I I think in a way like, uh, and we have talked about this before, but I think one of the reasons I do really like House and why I think you like House Gaz is that often where House could be super dramatic, it often actually underplays mm. things and kind of robs itself of dramatic mm. moments in order to stick with a consistent tone of realism and this kind of like more cynical outlook on life that things at the end of the day don't really matter because there's so many human stories and human dramas going on that, you know, somebody's unique experience isn't actually that big of a deal (laughs) in the grand scheme of things. I feel like that's what the show tries to encapsulate a lot. And while that can be really interesting and make it very unique it can also make some episodes fall flat. Like I feel there was a bit more here that they could have worked mm. with, but it um, it literally just does turn into lots of uncomfortable conversations. It, it just there, there's so many weighty issues that actually, um, 
I guess an analogy would be it's like a gigantic paperweight. Um, you've got like this wonderful orig- three-dimensional origami shape and someone just says, oh, it's paper and places a paperweight on it and just <laughs> flattens it under the weight of its like, you know, what was a three-dimensional character with nuance just gets flattened by this giant paperweight of like issues that kind of overload mm. the, the narrative a little bit, I think. That would be what I would say. It overloads the narrative with like, oh. This is something edgy. Incest. Oh, this is something edgy. Sexual abuse. Oh, this is something edgy. Modeling. What's the deal? And it's just like this character that this model who's in a very precarious situation just gets completely flattened down and given like a weird <laughs> monologue about how it's just a way to kind of employ herself as, you know, strategically place herself in a position of authority. Um, and I just don't think it works. I just don't think it works. I think this episode is not as good as it could have been. Yeah, I think like that's the thing. Like usually we would be. I think <clears throat> usually in episodes we would like really break down the storylines and explore like the mm. themes at play. But a part of me in this one, like as we've said, it it, it kind of feels like this is juggling a lot of the classic. Um, house ideas of like you know pain and kind of you know of people's pain and people's identity and uh sort of you know the kind of the kind of scum sort of that's hiding under the kind of facade that people Mm. put on in their lives it's all of the classic things but i really think this episode just doesn't have anything to say (laughs) on those things like because it I mean, it really, it really is like, as you, as you've said, it really is lots of taboo subjects, which just feel completely like just that they're mm. thrown in there. And one of the, I mean, you know, I mean, we, I mean, we've talked about all of that. And if you don't remember the episode well, although I suggest you go back and watch it, it's like, even at the end of all of that, the final diagnosis mm is that they discover that um, after after they assume it's PTSD, which has caused the memory loss, they then um, they then look into a spinal fluid, and there's like a chemical that's not there, which means that it's not stress induced. I didn't know there was a chemical test for PTSD. I assume that's true, but um, they then go on to the fact that it must be cancer, which is just a good reason to involve Wilson more than anything. <laughs> But they um, they can't find the cancer, and so um, so they continue searching. And what it turns out is that um, Cameron notices in the medical chart that um, you know even though this model is obviously very womanly, that's why she's a you know an attractive model. Um, that actually uh, you know she doesn't have like any she hasn't had her period she hasn't had like you know she doesn't have any body hair these kind of things so they eventually find that she actually has testicles she has testicular cancer which then finally leads to the big you know the zebra <laughs> 10 out of 10 worthy reveal that actually she is a um she's actually biologically male the ultimate woman is a man is the tagline for this uh that house is uh, line and I think he uses like three times which really kind of belabors the point the ultimate woman is a man 
It's like, okay, cool, great. Yeah, and then, but once again, like, that's brought up, and then House just tells her, and then she, you know, then she sort of strips naked and goes, look how beautiful I am. And it's sort of like, once again, supposed to be a big dramatic moment, but I didn't find myself particularly connected with that character. And then it's kind of like, you know, once again, maybe it's sort of, maybe maybe it's the, the hindsight element. Like, I feel like this is a big issue now that people are talking a lot about sexual identity and especially in the sense that, you know, people are um, given uh, genders at birth, mm. these kind of things. And I kind of feel like if the show was made now, it would have talked about this very differently. I'm not saying that it's talking about it wrong. I'm just, I just find it interesting watching a show that's 15 years old, how it talks about things. Cause you know, she, she says that and then house is just like, Oh, we're going to cut your balls off and you'll be a woman. And then hilariously, he then says to the dad, oh, you're actually like, I think he implies that because the dad slept with her, that the dad is gay. And then at that point, the dad throws (laughs) up, which like, I'm not sure. Like, I found that really funny that the dad is like completely cool that he's had sex with his child. But when he finds out that he's also like, (laughs) when he's also like, accidentally gay which make doesn't sense. make any sense yeah like because <laughs> you know so you know then then he's ill and he's like oh this is terrible and it's like you know but yeah there is this kind of like it's it's a very weird kind of place for the story to go like just like that that was the dad's reaction i found that really funny watching it again <laughs> You know, when he's being sick, I was just like, oh, yeah, that's the big issue here. And and that's the thing. I feel like once again, like this final big twist that's supposed to be edgy as hell just kind of falls completely flat because, you know, it doesn't it comes right at the end. We don't like learn anything about how the character really feels about it other than that they're just sort of screaming. It's all about how attractive the character mm. is, you know. The dad, we don't see how he deals with it or how it affects their relationship. He's just like, oh, I'm gay now. <laughs> Which is so preposterous. You know, like, yeah, that, that, yeah, I mean, like, that's not the worst thing you've even done today. So um, it, it, it just, like, it, it feels very flat. It feels very lazy. And I didn't really expect to feel that way going back into the show. And maybe it's a hindsight thing where it's like, wow, this is just a lazy way to talk about this subject. But um, but I but I I don't think it's in that sense. I don't think I'm like you know I'm not I'm not particularly hurt when like fiction talks about trans issues in a in a lazy way. You know I'm not I'm not a trans person. I have like an interest in it in the sense that I like sort of like people to be happy. But in terms of just like the laziness of it, it does feel like it's just sort of taking an an edgy concept and just going oh. Isn't that isn't that weird? I don't know. It, it, it yeah, it just feels like the show has nothing to say about any of it, and I didn't really because of that because it like just is so flippant with all of these subjects. Like, what is actually a very intense episode of subjects just goes nowhere, and I didn't really find the characters particularly memorable. They just came across as very sort of just sort of scummy, like two-dimensional people which maybe once again is them having a go at the modeling industry i'm not sure but it doesn't feel particularly clever not clever at all and i i feel um 
yeah, politics aside, etc. I just think it was so tone, just ridiculous. It was it bordered on farce. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the best word for it. It's just it's mad. It's just like what are you talking about? <laughs> it's just uh, like oh, by the way, it's it. This person has the biological sex organs of a, a male, and it's just like. Bleh! it's like what the hell is that really the yeah you're right that the kind of order of operations of this uh, episode are all wrong they're just um like you say it's not even the worst thing he's done to it's not even a bad thing you know for someone to well, yeah though that's what i mean like him, him being gay isn't a bad thing it's just that he views it as like oh my god i, I guess i'm gay now <laughs> or something it's just weird or like oh my god this is terrible there's just so much bad <laughs> that ending was just uh, and i don't like to be um uh disparaging of like house episodes at all but this was just terrible <laughs> it just was not yeah, good it's... <laughs> it's just like like I say, it's just this paperweight of issues. It just gets flattens everything that could have been interesting or nuanced about this. And to be honest, I think that the main plot was really a sideshow for other things in the episode, uh, which is a shame. Yes. Which I think is a shame uh, because they had a really interesting like diagnosis. They had an interesting kind of backstory and then they decided to take it to this farcical extreme of abuse drug addiction all of these things and bundle them all together you know in a and although it's done with the usual kind of uh uh leading the thing that house does well is it leads you down the garden path and then takes you on a completely different diversion sometimes and when they do that right it's it's really really good but when they do it wrong, it really lands badly. So they lead us down this path of, oh, uh, here's a model. The model takes drugs. The model is sexually abused. Oh, you know, these are just the ways in which the modeling works. Wink. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, which I don't know enough about modeling to really have a view on that. So, well, I, I would say the, the irony of people in the entertainment industry Going like, oh, are those, are those people in the modeling industry are a bunch of sexual deviants and degenerates. It's like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a good thing that the entertainment industry has such a... Pristine reputation. <laughs> just an esteemed, clean history. Uh, oh, and then the other thing that got me was uh, it leads down that kind of path, but it diverted, uh, you know, by saying, oh, the person who's seen as the model woman is actually, you know someone who is biologically male um woo and then it turns into this kind of kafkaesque like everyone's vomiting everyone's like screaming everyone's like getting naked etc um <laughs> and then it ends um yeah and i feel yeah i feel it just hit a bum note on that. It could have just stripped away. The writers could have stripped away a few of those elements and like really kind of boiled it down a little bit more than just because it ran through those stereotypes, but then did so in such a kind of very ham-fisted way and knowing that it was going to hit so many to do to be subjects without really actually creating any weight 
for you to feel like this is a place where it is progressing and then to ape or subvert that traditional view with something else like the kind of biologically male thing so i yeah i'm a bit i just don't know it just didn't work didn't click but like i said this is a diversion into what was really the subject matter of the episode which is it's about stacy it's about pain it's about um uh psychosomatic pain judgment objectivity of house it's really a house centric episode with this weird thing going on at the same time completely i think so like looking at the house element then it's um obviously we've said that house accuses someone of having sex with their child without much evidence and uh, it turns out he was right so but really that kind of narrative leap isn't really to learn that the man's had sex with his kid you know that's just the edgy bit that they want to throw in what that's really showing is that House is becoming, you know, quite abrasive. He's jumping to conclusions. He's in pain. And while House is saying that it's a physical pain, everyone else is, of course, saying, well, you might notice that your uh, sort of long lost love soulmate has just like left you. So um, maybe that might be the nature of your pain. And obviously House is denying this. And using this kind of ridiculous case in order to um, cover that up and distract himself. So the house, so the, the, the episodes, I, I, I do like the episode in terms of what's happening with house, because this episode probably has like one of the best um, demonstrations of like house, the person and house, the kind of theatrical character that he puts on to mm-hmm. everyone else. Um, obviously the show goes on and on and on. That theatrical character gets way more wacky. But for now, this is like one of the best like early representations of it in the sense that when he's like, you know, he's walking into a crowded waiting room in the hospital, he accuses the father of sleeping with his daughter. Like he's just been told, oh, don't like Foreman asks him to not do anything crazy. And then he does that. He'll like, you know, make comments to the guy like, oh, you know, you slept with your son. So now you're gay. And he um, obviously takes the piss out of the when he finds out that the like model is transgender, he says, oh, we'll cut your balls off and make you all better. Like all of these flippant, ridiculous remarks, which are just designed to agitate. And then what he's actually doing in the meantime is that he goes to Cuddy's office in order to get a shot of morphine because he's in loads of pain and he's distracting himself with the case. Cuddy says, no, it's all in your head. This is all about Stacy. And House just drops his like trousers and i think for the first time ever we see the scar he sort of drops his trousers points at the scar and is like you know gives a very like emotional statement of like you know look at me look at what you know is wrong with me because we know that house kind of finds his wound disgusting and this is the first time you know he hides it often and this is the first time the house kind of gets it out as a demonstration a very desperate demonstration that he's actually you know in a lot of pain he's hurt and he's desperate. He needs help. And I think like that's a really nice moment that kind of reflects very well to the kind of absurdity of the rest of the show, where he's just being really theatrical and crazy and very entertaining. And on the face of it, doesn't really seem like anything's wrong with him. And then you kind of, you know, just for a moment, just see behind the veil and see how incredibly sad 
and miserable this person is. And um, so, I, you know, to give credit to the show, I guess, like the absurdity of the patient story gives way to that really great moment where we sort of see more into House's soul. But um, but yeah, and then the the episode continues as Cuddy ends up giving House what he thinks is a morphine shot, but turns out to be a shot of saline. So any pain relief that House felt was completely in his head, which therefore shows that the pain is in his head. Um, I guess the show kind of uses a bit of a clever, like, medical thematic connection in the sense that, you know, House, you know, the, the patient is believed to have memory loss because of PTSD, which is a psychological condition, when actually it turns out that it's cancer which is a physical one and in this sense house is believed to be in pain because of a physical one but then through a placebo and through tests it discovers that it's actually a psychological one so i guess the kind of episode is inverted mm. both the storylines are inverted there but you know they 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 lack a, a lot of connection it's not really a clever thematic tie and as you said it kind of feels like the sh the kind of main episode is really just to cover and fill in the time for a house centric mm. episode. But, um, but even so, even though we get a few good house moments, I don't, I didn't really, <clears throat> you know, I, I feel like this kind of our house is missing Stacy and it's affecting him has been covered better in previous episodes. Yeah. Um, I, I think the other thing to take into consideration is that there's also that kind of uh, clinic scene where there's a sympathetic uh, pregnancy going on where the guy's psychologically <laughs> experiencing the pain well, he's, he's experiencing yeah. the pain of the pregnancy, but it's all psychological. It's all psychosomatic. And that's really um, him being confronted by this idea that maybe it's all in his head. But when he's confronting the clinic scene where that is happening, he kind of is very flippant. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're experiencing a psychosomatic experience. Your wife is pregnant and you're experiencing through sympathy um, hormonal responses that pregnancy and you know you just need to kind of this needs to be treated in a particular way yeah yeah and um yeah and i and once again that kind of shows the hypocrisy of mm. house in that he's so easy to point out the kind of oh you're living a lie you're in you know you're just mixed up in your own head you know you're you're being misled by your you know emotions you're not really in control of yourself it's all of this, like, you know, I have all the objectivity and you're just a silly, you know, person who's, um, you know, doesn't even know why they're feeling the way they are. And then obviously the, you know, the irony of that always is that House is as, House is as vulnerable as everyone else to these, to mm. these things. It's just that his objectivity is kind of a facade. It's a lie that he tells mm. himself. And I guess that's the kind of um, point he, that the writers are making is that the, the idea of objectivity is a facade of a kind and that actually it's a comp like the judgments that we make are compilations of kind of very human assessments of things but that's a very kind of mm. cynical and very skeptical uh, view of what an objective assessment is i guess yeah exactly oh uh, well i guess we could end the show there <laughs> Because, you know, just, I don't even mean this show, I just mean all of House MD. That's pretty much the theme. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that's it. You've solved it, guys. You solved it with a uh, <laughs> with a with a man who's got lactating breasts. Perfect. That's it. Um, that's it. That's the end of the season. <laughs> that's the end of the series. I hope you had a really good time. <laughs> we don't need to do any more. We don't. We're calling it quits. We're not even calling it quits. It's just concluded. It's concluded. Yeah. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, we're not even a quarter of the way through. I, I say unfortunately, obviously, I've, I love talking about House. I feel like this has been a really interesting episode. I don't think we've ever been like this actively hostile to an episode. And I was surprised that I felt so actively just kind of indifferent to it while watching mm. it because it just... It was just so much like, I guess, a bark and no bite, if you wanted to use that term. Mm. I mean, what do, what do you think, Gaz? I, I feel like we've been saying our final thoughts the whole way through, and I'm not expecting you to give a glowing recommendation, like, now. But, you know, if you, if you, if you want to sum it up, go for it. How would I put it? I would say... Um... You have to get. You have to watch it to kind of get the, the, the house character arc in. But I felt like the uh, subject matter of the main patient was just lacking in a lot of ways. I think even when you can be cynical, you can also be sensitive about something. And houses that the writers have done that before. And in this case, it just feels like someone's just taking a sledgehammer to, to what are quite difficult issues and not really dealing with them in a way that... Not dealing with them in the way that I expected from House, that kind of the writers, which would be, yeah, that kind of cynical hand-on-hip element, but also some kind of... Kind of understated but uh weighty emotional moments that just doesn't happen mm. this doesn't arrive it's just a man puking because he thinks he might be gay <laughs> and that to me just tells me everything i need to know about this episode it's very <laughs> crass <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, he doesn't think he's gay He's informed he's gay. That's, that's how absurd it is. That doesn't even make any sense. House just says, diagnosis, you're gay now. And he's like, oh, oh, no, I'm gay. It's just so ridiculous. <laughs> I do, I, I really like, I, I hate to keep coming back to it, but I just, I, I laughed when that happened. Like when I was like 14 and watching it, I must have just gone, oh, I don't even know what I was thinking. But now, like as an adult, it's, um, it was very funny. I thought that scene was really funny because it was completely absurd. And maybe that is, maybe that's, we've, t we've talked about it before with like House is an old show. It's 15 yeah. years old. You know, that's, uh, that's enough time to be born and, you know, be starting, be nearing the end of secondary mm. school. It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a, it's a lot of time for things to change. And maybe that wasn't so ridiculous at the time, but now it's very funny it was it was it was it was hilarious and i can talk about it forever <laughs> because i just love the idea of somebody just like it's kind of like a game of tag it's like you know it's like you know house runs up to him tags him it's like you're gay now and he's like oh no i'm gay <laughs> oh my god but um 
perfect note to end it on, I Does, think. I'm trying to remember, like, it's just a strange, strange episode. Yes. It's it's a strange one, and it's so lost in the crowd that um, I mean, obviously, you know, your your mileage may vary. You might not also, think. Also, the guy doesn't throw up, does he? I can't. No, he doesn't throw up, but he like holds his yes. mouth in disgust. <laughs> it, yeah, no, I, I, he doesn't yeah, actually throw just up. Just to make sure, he, he has the he has the look of a man who looks like he feels disgusted <laughs> with himself. <laughs> Like, as if what he did before wasn't awful. That's the best. Yeah, uh, and the thing is, yeah. Just to clarify, when we said he threw up, we mean it in the sense of it looked like he was about to throw up, and then <laughs> he didn't. But the implication being that he wanted to. <laughs> just <laughs> so many nuanced well, um... moments in this episode. It's phenomenal. It, yeah, this 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 episode was very nuanced. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know, <laughs> much like the the episode itself rushing to its ending, I think we'll do the same. So um, yeah, I I, I thoroughly enjoyed talking about this, guys. So thanks for for joining me to uh, once again get back on the House MD train and discuss this ridiculous episode. <laughs> Let's hope the next one is a little bit more. Uh. <laughs> like a little bit a little bit more not nuanced just has a little bit more mm. going on i yeah um you know edit the hell out of this episode because jesus christ it's just you could we could probably boil it down into like 15 minutes like this is not good and then just edit in all <laughs> the much. words in the order that you want <laughs> <laughs> well we'll um Anyway, well, thank you very much for joining us for another belated episode of the series. We're getting there. We'll be at season eight in about 20 years, but we will be there at some point. And um, once again, I really appreciate you all uh, listening. And thank you to everyone who sent us a message over Twitter asking us if we were dead. I did eventually get back to everyone and inform them that we're not dead, but I can see how you might have thought that. So um, thanks for listening. And we will see you next week with um, either a mainline episode or sometime in the week with an analysis of the Stacey arc, whichever we get to first. So it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Desire. <laughs>